When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, so you're in for a really treat episode, especially if you're thinking about getting your own career started in game development and primarily working for yourself, working from home, taking care of family and responsibilities, or just being unchained in general. This was a heavy hitter, gold dropping episode, I gotta say. I really enjoyed recording this one. Yeah, I mean, we followed with John with pretty much his whole journey through Mm his gaming career, right? So he started in AI just like us, but, uh, you know, he worked at a very secretive place. He can't really talk too much about, but you know, I'll mention within the episode. He dances around it a little bit. Dances around a little bit, but we finally got to the part where, you know, he's working from home. He's a family man. I mean, these are issues that, you know, I I can relate on. Larry can relate on everybody who's working in industry relate with. Um, and it, it was a very meaningful one because we, we touched a lot of like, sensible sense sensitive areas uh and uh you know it 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 i wouldn't say reinvigorated but it reminded us why we do this podcast um you know i think jonathan holmes reinstated the unchained part for game dev unchained with his story yeah, it's like we, we're pushing the B arc of our podcast. The A arc is, you know, every weekly, every week we have a new guest and the B arc is the overall, like trying to make sure that people know their value, know their worth and continue to focus on their own quality of life while being an employee in the game industry. And this is one of those episodes that you just need to listen to, man. You know, it's, it's yeah. a great reminder. All right, Larry, let's get into the episode. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, check out that slick intro. This is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. On this dark and stormy night, I was feeling a little scared, so I had to ask for help. Sitting by the campfire with a flashlight under his face, Mr. Brennan Always flashing, Larry. This is Brandon <laughs> Fan. Welcome to this week's episode, bringing with me a special guest, Jonathan Holmes. Hey, hey. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing? Thanks for joining Welcome. us, man. Thanks for having me. So this is the part of the podcast where we ask about what's up with you, where you've been, why should listeners keep on listening? <laughs> how are you well, doing? That's a that's a pretty loaded question, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how have I been? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I saw you last at GDC. That was a, a great meeting. I was I apologize for being a little tipsy when I talked to you last time, but no you know, I, uh, all of it out of it <laughs> yeah a little out of it but yeah it was, it was good to meet a ton of new people and uh, you guys especially I, I had no idea in fact that you ran this until like probably last week <laughs> i i heard that you know galen had been on it but he saw the invite email to join the podcast well, let me check what this is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was that I, I forgot was that your first gdc i rem- you mentioned something like that right yeah, it was my first one. Uh, I'd always wanted to go, but before uh, I was always kind of busy with my other job that I don't work at anymore. Mm. So I was never able to really make it out. But uh, this year, it's Quixel all the way. So they paid for everything and let me go out and have a ton of fun. Oh, nice. Any company that pays for everything is all right with me. 
Oh yeah. yeah, these guys are solid gold. Perks. So for uh, listeners out there, you know, what's your background? What's your expertise? Just to give them a little idea of who you are. So I've been an artist for most of my most of my waking life that I can recall. Um, I, I I just make stuff. I, I like to make pretty much anything I think I can think of. You know, like most artists, right? Um, I was a military simulation artist, so I was a production artist for six years at a uh, local Orlando sim dev company. Um, I worked there for, like I said, six years doing mostly like vehicles and, and stuff. I can't get too in depth with it. It's it's all proprietary government work, yes. but um, you know it's it's all standard work. So if you've done game art, you've done that kind of work. Um, it was a great learning experience. I uh, got laid off of there in January, moved on to working for Quixel full time. And uh, life has been just one hell of a roller coaster since then. It's and it's been going up the whole time. It's I'm not used to that. Usually it's kind of like up, down, up, down. But like this time, it's just straight up. And I'm hoping it never goes down. But we'll, you know, everything has an end, right? So, well, well, if you can't say some of the maybe like projects that you were working on, were there any anything that is public that you can share? Like I don't know if you had spent any time on America's Army, for example, or something like that. Um, some of the stuff that we did trying to say things as vaguely as possible. Okay, uh, never mind. Never mind. I, would, I would say <laughs> it was America's Army adjacent. Okay, I was going to say, if you have to tiptoe, like, we don't even want it. Don't yeah, even I got to be really careful with what I yeah, said. Don't, right, so. okay. <laughs> I was just wondering if there was something public to tie you to. That's right, all. right, right. No, it's all pretty secretive, so unfortunately, not, you know, not much I can talk about, but it was, you know, it was a great experience. Met a lot of cool people. Um, you know, I am who I am now because of the the work and the the people that I met there. So, like anything, it's it's a journey, and you know, each road has its fork. And you know, mm-hmm. this fork recently is something I just passed by, and I really don't want to fork with Quixel. I really love what I'm doing. This this place is probably the you know the you guys interviewed Teddy already. I mean, you can tell that he's like the best person I've ever worked for in my life. I would do anything for that man. Um, it's what it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible what working for someone you care about can can do for not only your self esteem, but for the the kind of work that you want to do. Right. Wow. Like it, one, it day, you... one day, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> we will experience this. What he speaks of. So how how did you get uh, tied up with Quixel? Like how how did that meeting? That's a fun story. So you guys probably know about Polycount, right? Right. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, I, I've, I've been around Polycount for a while. I, I go by the username synesthesia, which if you're wondering what that is, it's a medical condition. It's where your uh, senses get mixed up. Mm-hmm. And you can, for example, you can taste what you see or, or you wow. can smell what you hear, things like that. Um, and uh, I, I don't have it, but sometimes I like to say that I do because grape soda kind of induces nausea in me. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good example of it. Like I can't stand the smell of this stuff. But uh Back to the point with uh, Polycount, I, I had gone there and I just got started getting into the uh, original version of Didu, mm-hmm. um, like the like the very first version of it, which I just fell in love with because I hadn't known about any other way to work. I really just did everything in Photoshop before, and this automated almost everything I was doing. And I'm like, this is insane. How, how am I making this so easily and so fast? And uh, I ran into problems with it, you know, like you do with any piece of software. And I went over to the Polycount forum and or Eric, I don't know if you guys know Eric Roundberry. Um, he used to be the guy that ran the uh, the Quixel Suite sub forum there, but he would just get bombarded left and right back in the the days where we kind of had uh, issues with support. And um, I kind of stepped in and I, I just tried to help people with any of the knowledge that I'd acquired. 
and you know, I, I learned tips and tricks and how to avoid some of the bugs that was, you know, in, in the tool set. And I explained, like we had like, one of the persistent bugs, like that I can recall that really kind of nobody could ever figure out was in the Quixel Suite version of DDU, if you loaded the normal map that had an alpha channel in it, which some of them, you know, some of the bakers will produce that. Uh, if you load that into the uh, Suite 1.8, it would actually just crash. Like, and nobody could figure out why. And I'm like, oh, because of the alpha map. So we took it out and it started working. And I would go and tell people this is how you fix it, and you know, one one thing after the other, I started helping more people and talking to more people. And Eric was like, you know, this is kind of cool. You're, you're you're like helping people out. You want to you know maybe come on as like a community guy that to help you know help our people out and maybe take some of the stress off of us. And I'm like, sure, I'd, I'd love to work for a world class company like this, even if it is volunteer at first. <laughs> and uh, you know, one thing led to another, and you know, eventually I got offered a paid position. Uh, I worked for them for Quixel part time for two and a half almost three years and recently went on full-time with them and took a uh, significant amount of money over what i was making before um and i mean i still can't fawn over what i do enough i'm like these guys are just you know nothing nothing is perfect right yeah you're never going to work for somebody who's absolutely perfect or any, you're never going to make anything that's absolutely perfect but camaraderie that is part of this organization that's part of you know who we are and what we do i think it shows uh and the stuff that we make and it's really a point of pride for me to wake up every day and realize that i'm part of that 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 my life has some kind of meaning to it that's more than just like being like not that being a production artist was bad but i feel like i've done something more Mm -hmm. and really happy to have been part of that and still being part of it you know yeah you definitely see some moderate when we were at the uh, GDC, you guys were like a gang, man. You had a quick jacket <laughs> in, in squads. <laughs> I never seen you guys like by yourselves or anything. It was really you should cool. see the, uh, the the pictures coming out of Iceland. It's like uh, drone photos or what looks like drone photos of a bunch of guys with like Q logos from like above, and they're just scanning all the Iceland terrain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that, but I'm sure we'll hear about it soon. But there's some really cool stuff coming out of that you'll hear about really, really soon. Awesome. Oh, nice. So you heard you heard it first. <laughs> well, let me talk about your career before going into secret military projects and also before going into quick. So what kind of led you into wanting to do, you know, digital art and environment art? And, you know, I guess where did you really get your feet wet and excited about a potential career in this kind of industry? That's a fun question. And this is going to be another long answer, if you don't mind uh, bearing with me here. <laughs> time. We love good. good. I can talk forever. So, you know, if you ever want me to stop, just let me know. Prove it, man. Prove it. <laughs> so uh, as a kid, I, uh, long story short, I think a lot of people can emphasize that, you know, it, artists don't always tend to have the easiest life. Um, I, I kind of fell into that. I, uh, my parents were divorced when I was young. So I kind of grew up with basically a, a dad that was never home and a uh, grandmother who was very overbearing. Uh, I don't really like talking about this too much, but you know, you guys are pretty cool. So I don't mind opening up a little bit, but, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a kid. I got bullied a lot, you know, normal, you know, school stuff. And since I didn't have a lot of friends and didn't know how to socialize really all that well, I had a computer at least, and I knew how to mess with that. So I, I taught myself how to work with Windows. I taught myself how to work with, uh, you know, art tools and anything else that I could find. And I really got into Microsoft's Flight Simulator, if any of you remember that. Yeah, I remember Flight Simulator. Now, I played FS 5.1, which is so old. Like, like we're talking 1995 here, right? And I remember getting an add-on for it that was called uh, Aircraft Factory and Scenery Designer. Oh, wow. I would sit there at home, and I would look up like airports nearby in my house, like because I lived in Ar- I still live in Orlando, 
Uh, and I would like, oh, cool, Inverness Airport. I wonder what that looks like. I've never been there, but I'm going to make it. So I would, you know, I had the, for whatever reason, they actually had the, the actual runway sitting there, but they never had any terrain around it. It was just runways sitting in like a big flat field because it's, you know, Florida. There's nothing here except for trees and, and flat land. And I would just kind of imagine that maybe these things had like terminals and stuff all around them. And they never really did. They're just small municipal airports. But I would build all that. I would, I would make it and try to make it look as real as I could based on what little, little knowledge I had at that point. And um, a couple of years of that, and I got into a game called uh, Command and Conquer Red Alerts, which you guys may Red remember. Alert. Yes, Red I remember Red Alert. Sweet game, right? That came with a map editor, okay? Yeah. So you can already see where this is going. I spent tons of free time just building custom maps and then going into what we would call a comp stomp, where you just beat up the computer over and over. And uh, I, would, I, I think I made like 30, 40, 50 maps. It wasn't really hard. You just place tile sets and, you know, mm-hmm. just have fun. Um, after that... Um, yeah, I mean, I went to college in 2007 to become an artist. Uh, I studied game art at, uh, at an AI. Uh, I don't want to trash it too much. I mean, I learned a lot of good stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that AI or if that AI in particular was better than other ones, but it actually did uh, teach a lot of uh, fundamentals that I really needed to know, like how to draw mm-hmm. and how to understand shapes and forms. And a lot of the students that I went to are there with, I still talk to. So, I mean, I, I still feel like the, the experience was... <laughs> incredibly expensive but mm-hmm. it was really worth the time that i spent um a lot of people won't tell you that they, they really hate ai and i don't blame them i mean i've seen some of the stuff that that's the company's done and i'm, I'm not going to get into it too much because this is you know professional podcast but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i can well, just a little Sorry. disclaimer because you just joined us like from last week we literally spent the first 100 episodes just talk because we both came from ai we, so we, know, AI. we know oh your oh. experience okay yeah. well i we know firsthand yeah <laughs> all right well how it feels so you know what i'm talking about then yeah. mm-hmm. all right well some of the some of my better friends have come out of there so i i consider it maybe not worth the 60 some odd thousand dollars i'm in debt for but uh, I wouldn't be where I am now without what I learned. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's 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 worth a trade off in the end. And um, after I, you know, got out of being a, an artist, or sorry, out of our college, I went to work at a local grocery store, which was the bottom of the rung because I I absolutely hated that job and every minute of it was spent just being miserable, like constantly being miserable, uh, working outside in the heat. And if you've never been to Florida, it's always hot here. Right. Like there's only a few months out of the year where it's actually tolerable to be outside. And this month is not one of them. Um, and I worked through the entire summer up until like August, like pushing shopping carts in the heat with pants on. And it was just mm-hmm. miserable, man. You'd come home drenched in sweat. And, um, you know, after a few months of that, I ended up going to work for the, the sim contractor and started off, you know, doing some basic stuff, moved on to intermediate and advanced stuff. And eventually, you know, walked out of there knowing pretty much what I needed to know to move on. And, that's around the time when I learned, uh, you know, or kind of wormed my way into Quixel. Like it's all luck. It was really luck in, in the end. Like I was just the right guy in the right place. Or is, I guess if you played Half Life, the wrong man at the in the wrong place, <laughs> or right man in the wrong place rather. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's all it's all just been an amazing trip. I mean, even even the worst times I've had have, have been just something to remember. You know, it's something you've, I've learned from. So it's, it's never been something that I like this, this career has been frustrating. It's been rewarding. It's, it's, it is what it is. I I hate saying that phrase, but that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, what's admirable is that you survive AI 
But secondly, mm. uh, the biggest transition, a lot of students don't get jobs right after graduation, but you, somehow you push through, you got a regular job and a lot of students do go that route. And a lot of students that I've seen and are friends with, uh, they get used to that regular job and that regular paycheck. And it's very hard for them to actually still break in more so than before, because it, as time goes on, you kind of adjust to this new lifestyle. How did you kept up your motivation? to land that job after the summer because most students in my opinion quit slowly uh when they don't see anything coming oh yeah i mean that was probably the worst part of my life that i can recall in the past 10 years um i mean it you you really kind of hit home i just actually remember all of the crap that i had to deal with because there was a point um where student loan companies were kind of beating down my door saying hey you have private loans with us. You have to pay these. You cannot put these in forbearance unless you pay us to put them in forbearance, which at that point, it's like, I'm paying you money to pause payments. Isn't it the same as just paying you? Mm-hmm. Um, so it got to the point where I'm making maybe $200 a week and these guys want like $600 a month. Mm. And I don't, I don't even get how I'm supposed to live like this. I had, I have wonderful family through my wife, uh, who has been incredibly supportive through everything I've ever done. And honestly, I don't think I could have done anything as any of this without her, mm-hmm. as they say, behind every great man is always a great woman. Um, but it's, have you ever seen that episode of the Simpsons where uh, Homer quits his job to go work as a, as a, as a bowling alley? And then he comes back and then they put that sign on his, on his wallet says, don't forget you're here forever. But then he puts like pictures of his daughter up and it says, do it for her instead, because he like kind of covered up some words. That was pretty much what got me through everything that I've done is my family my, my 10 year old daughter who's about to turn 11 and my son who just was born after most of this happened. So he wasn't really a huge influence, but he still is now. <laughs> I mean, I, if I could go back in time and yeah, put him was, back then, I'd be like, yeah, yes, you were an influence. But your son's not pulling his lead, it sounds like. <laughs> right, right, right. But he, you know, my kids and my wife are my driving influence. I want to make sure that we never have to worry about anything ever again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do tend to overwork myself. Uh, one of the things that I did leave out is I, I recently joined up with Night Dive Studios to work on the uh, remastering of System Shock, which is another game that pretty much defined who I am. Like I played that game so many times, and mm-hmm. and I have built my own like custom version of it to try to or not version, but I tried to build a medical deck to try to like make like my own little proof of concept, and it sucked. It still mm-hmm. sucks when I go back and look at it, but. <laughs> the work that I've done was enough to impress them. And they, they were like, yeah, you know, we can, we'll, we'll have you on board to help out with this. So, I mean, I've actually been doing podcast or not pod rather streaming of the work that I've been doing for them. And it is like you guys have, I'm sure you've played Bioshock. Um, mm-hmm. For uh, system shock. We actually have Rob waters back. The guy that made the entire look and feel of system shock, the first game okay. and made the look and feel of Bioshock itself. So he's like the creative genius behind all this stuff. It is absolutely awe-inspiring to work alongside this man he's like a titan of industry and the best part about it is he doesn't even play video games <laughs> he absolutely does not so, play video games yeah. he's made he's been part of some of the best games ever made and he doesn't play games <laughs> i think that's like the the secret that i slowly unraveled the longer i, I worked in the industry like the more veteran you are the less games you play and I don't know, and I, I think it's, to me, I, I feel like on a personal level, it's a combination of life happens, yeah. and then uh, it's just so, such a finite time of what you want to do. Because as you know, in this industry, 
you, you get into the quarter life crisis in a lot of times <laughs> and you're like, well, I need to figure out how am I going to stretch this career out till I'm 60. So a lot of that time gets eaten up by like living in the future, basically. And, but that's not to say like, I hate playing. I love playing video games. I still, I just got Metal Gear 5. <laughs> I'm a Metal Gear hardcore fan. It's the, it's the series that got me into the game industry that wanted to play. And I never played 5. Really? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things. It's just like it's all these stuff just happened. Like kids and wife. <laughs> Those are all good things, though, right? Exactly. Which yeah. I kind of want to ask you about because, uh, you know, um, having a family, going through this crazy journey that is called the game industry. How was that? I mean, you were able to use them as a as a motivator to get you and help you through this. How was that playing a factor? Because I'm sure you have friends that are like, Larry over there flying solo, <laughs> buying Amazon <laughs> packages every week. Yeah, yeah, a friend like that. Hey, you wish. Uh, yeah. I'm not, that's, that's, that's Tai Chen that you're Tai-Chen. talking about. Yeah. Shout out to Tai Chen. Shout out to Tai Chen. Yeah. Tai Chen is like a coworker, it's the epitome of a single, no student loan debt, went to the oh. same school. So he started his first day. On, on a plus, right? <laughs> so we were, we were working on Call of Duty together, and every week, you know, he, he would have the latest Xbox, latest PlayStation, no repercussion. It's like, and then, and then all right, I'll, before I go too deep, this one time, right, when his, you know, everybody in the office was starting to get into paintballing, he hasn't even tried it yet. He bought a full-on gear, went once. He went once, and he was like, ah, it's not for me. He just <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> One day, Taichin, I'll be you. <laughs> must be nice to have that kind of disposable income. Yeah, we, we give him shit, but honestly, he's so he's married now. Uh, yeah. And we don't need to put all this personal stuff out there. But right. yeah, know, yeah. Congratulations. Really great Taichin. friend of ours. Great friend of awesome, ours. But yeah. that's a funny story. So, yeah, I'm sure you have that experience. How, how was it for you going through everything with family? Yeah. It is very difficult to be a father to work as much as I do and still spend enough time with your wife and your kids. It's every day I go to bed and I think what more could I have done? That wasn't just about making money mm-hmm. because eventually at some point in time, you're going to look back at your life and you're going to wonder, was it really worth having all the money? If you don't have the memories, mm-hmm. if you don't have the, I mean, because it, you're, everybody's going to die, right? At some point in time, you're going to turn in the dust, but not to say that in a nihilistic way, but rather that there are things that are important. There are things that are less important. There are things that are just absolutely of no concern whatsoever. And I don't really care that much about money. It's more of an end, means to an end for me. I need it because society deems it necessary to function and exist. Otherwise, I could care less about it. Um, my life is not really organized around uh, monetary gain. It's more about just trying to make sure that my family has what we need to survive and mm-hmm maybe a little extra just in case something bad happens. Um, So my motivator for pretty much everything I do is making sure that my wife and my kids are taken care of. And I work as much as I do knowing in the back of my head that I need to make sure that they're going to be okay. If anything ever, God forbid happens to me because I'm, I'm an avid bike rider, right? And Mm -hmm. avid in that sense kind of makes me sound like I'm a maniac, but I motorcycle just to clarify. uh, 
cyclist. I, I ride a bicycle. Okay. Okay. So um, when I was still working at my old job, uh, I would ride my. Uh, I have a Trek Cross Rip. It's like a what they call a cycle cross bike. It mm-hmm. looks like a road bike with the curved handlebars, but it, it has like a the attachment points for the wheels are called forks and uh, seat stays. They um, they're wider to allow to have like bigger tires. It's for like going okay. through uh, what do you call it through like mud races and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would take that thing to work, and I'd be hauling butt down the street and so many days I would come like to what I would call like a near death scenario where somebody was just driving a two ton cage down the street. And, you know, you have to worry about whether or not they're going to hit you and kill you and mm-hmm. whether or not they're going to care. And I rate, I, I rode my bike probably 13 to 15,000 miles in the past six years, just going mm-hmm. back and forth. And, uh, <laughs> I've been on the news for it too. I had a cop try to tell me to get off the road and, um, and I told him, no, I'm not doing that. Cause I know the law and I'm not going to do what you tell me to, if it's not lawful. And, <laughs> I just, you know, you it might on be the news for that. Yeah, I can show you the link to it sometime. It's kind of funny. Oh, we're going to that's going to be this photo episode. <laughs> you want a bike saying no. He wasn't very happy with me saying that he kind of stormed off. Uh, I think he was already on a call, but he just like sped out of there as soon as he could. He's like, he's like, I'm just trying to make sure you don't get hit by a car. And I'm like, I've been doing this for 12,000 miles, man. And then he just like took off. Um but uh yeah it's you know like i said everything i do is for my wife and my kids and like should god forbid anything happen to me it's like that's one of the things i'm I'm trying to to balance in my life it's like i can't sit on my butt too long because then that lowers my life expectancy and if i go out and take a ride that lower that gains my life expectancy but it also increases the significant chance of being run over by someone who's not paying attention or just want to kill me um i've had enough natural life expectancy may increase but your your variable chance life expectancy yes yeah that that, that sudden death chance pops up Uh, at the you know my my hope is to die like at age 100 you know actually able to like still function and not have to have someone else carry me around and make me do stuff Mm. so that's also a big motivator in my life i try to stay fit um i was slightly late to our podcast or yeah podcast because i had just gotten out of a game of Fortnite, uh getting my ass handed to me um (laughs) I played well. I mean, I had like six kills, but still, I, uh, every time I die, like I first thing I do is go over to this uh, bar, like in my shower. We, the guy that lived here before, he was like an ex-army guy, and he was retired, so he had like a shower bar, so he wouldn't fall over. Whoa. And um, I unscrewed the bar recently because I was getting ready to uh, renovate the bathroom, and I took the bar out. And I don't know if you can see it in the video, but it's yeah, this thing yeah. right here. Uh-huh. So I, I took my bicycle tape and I wrapped it around it. This is old bike tape for the handlebars, nice. and this is my push-up bar now. So anytime I anytime I die, I go into ten. <laughs> That's very smart, man. I it's mean, better. I, 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 when did so you started this fitness uh, initiative six years ago? Like, did anything push you to do that, uh, or were you gradu- were you gradually you know building up to that? So my my uncle is also a, a huge influence in my life, uh, at least in that regard. Um, we don't always see eye to eye on politics, but he. Um, is a huge bike rider, which surprisingly enough, and like he's like, I don't want to get into politics here, but he's on this side, the right side, and I'm way on the other side of that. Right. So, for somebody on that particular side of the spectrum to ride a bicycle to work was strange, right? Because most people who are on that spectrum are like diehard. I got to drive everywhere. Trump, the oh, should have said that word. <laughs> uh, diehard, you know, drive this, drive that, guns this, gun that, whatever. Mm-hmm. I um, I was like, you know what? I don't really want to buy another car. I already have one. I don't want to spend another seven to $10,000 a year on this thing that I'm only going to use to get to work. Mm-hmm. I only live six miles away from my office and we have a shower there. I'm going to ride in, I'm going to hit the shower and I'm going to come back. Even if it's like burning ass hot outside, I'm just going to go do it. 
Mm-hmm. And I did. I, I did it even the most miserable days where it'd be like 100 degrees outside with like 99% humidity. Right. I would still go do it and I would come home and I would just jump in my pool. Like I would look like a beat because of how right. hot it was outside, but I would jump in and get out and feel like a person again. Yeah. But, you know, and then I go to, you know, go to work when it's like wintertime and it's like 32 degrees outside, which it does get that cold here, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, right before I got laid off, the week before, it was like 32 degrees and I was biking to work in shorts. Oh, it's pretty you, sweet. <laughs> you, you, uh, you pedal fast enough and nothing feels cold. Right. There's that five, 10 minute warm up that you just feel. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Don't remind me. It takes a while to get warmed up to that. I definitely can relate, man. Like um, when we were working at Sledgehammer, I was living about three, four miles, four miles from from work. And I would jog every day um, back and forth. And it was. I think it was, uh, well, being a family man, right? Yes, I do agree. Everything's for the family. But yes. those moments alone <laughs> are very valuable too. Like it's it's my time. It's very meditative. Um, I collect and, and kind of like trace what my future could be during those runs. And as a game developer, like I feel like that's the balance we, we need. Um, the fitness part and and the creative part because i've seen um i mean it's pretty obvious the health risks that you take as a game developer i mean standing deaths are definitely helping but the stuff we eat the stuff you know the people we hang around lifestyle (laughs) it's very inducive to to health risk oh yeah yeah Yeah, for sure i mean that's another thing too um sitting down as much as we do i mean people weren't designed to do this uh nobody was designed no human being is has evolved to sit like this for extended periods of time so that's another reason why the the country and even the world itself kind of has an obesity crisis because we sit too much uh and we drive everywhere so we sit and go to places with a motor pushing as instead of our legs or our, our feet and as a result, we have like skyrocketing levels of you know heart disease, which is like the number one killer behind like or right in front of like car crashes. Right. So, um, it, like sitting on your butt is one of the most lethal things you can do to yourself because you will eventually. I mean, you're all gonna die, but you'll die sooner if you're sitting on your butt all the time. Right. And right. I, I can only sit for so long before it starts being painful. So I have to get up and I'll just you know like toward the end of my workday, like I'm I work from home, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in my home office right now it'll be six o'clock and I know it's starting to cool down outside. It's no longer a hundred. It's like 90 <laughs> cool down. Right. Yeah. So I'll go off and I'll just, I'll get in my, uh, you know, bike outfit, which is nice and breathable and relatively cool. I'll just go take a 16 to 20 mile ride and come back home and I'll feel nice because my legs hurt. And it's not a, a hurt from sitting down. It's a hurt from actually having done something and it feels good. It feels like I've accomplished something. All right, so in honor of your life and your new look on fitness, and <laughs> I'm sure all of our podcast listeners will be dealing with these same issues in their life, I think it's time that we challenge everyone listening to 10 push-ups, just like you do in Fortnite when you die. If you listen to this, <laughs> drop and give us 10 push-ups before the episode is over. And since I have the microphone right now, I actually uh, want to introduce you to this other game. It's just as deadly as Fortnite. Many people have died playing this game, and I would love for you to try to, to play this game. What I, would that be? But I think you can win. So this game is called The Fast Five. I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions, and I need from you five rapid-fire answers. Are you ready to give it a shot? Sure, I'll give it a shot. All right, here we go. Question number one, if you still have one, who is your celebrity crush? Uh, I would say Brooke Shields. Question number two, favorite comic book? 
uh, don't like comic books. Okay, so then of all the comic books that you hate, which one do you hate the least? Uh, probably the Thing series from Dark Horse Comics. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Question number three, achievements or trophies? Achievements. Question number four, what was the last game that you actually played? Uh, I mean, aside from Fortnite, uh, uh, yeah, I Doom. Guess yeah, I wrote these before we started talking, so I'm glad you covered that up. Uh, question number five, what's the favorite board game you just wish you had more time to play? Uh, Settlers of Catan, probably. Oh, man. Yep. But not just Settlers. any version, the Star Trek okay. version. Oh, I didn't even, okay. All right. Yeah, the Star Trek version is really good. You should try it. Is that the okay. new version? Is that pretty recent? It's been out for at least six or seven years. Oh, it, it. It's got like the original cast in like the, the motion picture era, or sorry, uh, Wrath of Khan era uniforms, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has like a lot of the elements of the expansions, like uh, cities and knights and whatnot, all kind of just put into one box. And instead of, um, you know, like ground and, or sorry, not ground, but like wheat and sheep and wood, it's like uh, dilithium, tritanium, um oxygen water and food uh so it's this and like they have like different cards too like you can pick up like captain kirk or you know spock or scotty and they all do like different things and you can play the cards and they give you certain advantages and whatnot <clears throat> it's it's quite a bit of fun we even have like the expansion that actually puts like the the actual star trek like federation map on there mm-hmm. and you can you can harvest like vulcan and stuff if you want <laughs> so that was you should try it it's really not that expensive either it's just a ton of fun Man, I I still get down on regular settlers. Like I have just enough fun in the, you know what I mean, without the themes. It's just like, yeah, I'm cutting off access to these resources there, pal. <laughs> what you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah, they actually they changed the um the the pirate or sorry not the pirate the uh the robbers not a robber it's actually a Klingon uh, like a Klingon battle cruiser. So that's good old settlers. I hope that before I leave this planet, I can make a game where people just say the name and they're like instantly memories and friendships start forming and that would be the ultimate feather in my cap as a game designer if i could achieve that once if you could go back in time you could assassinate uh the guy that ran id and you could make do yourself <laughs> what was that movie hot tub time machine where they're like internet.com <laughs> like he was going yeah, yeah, back yeah, and yeah. writing down all the things that he would do <laughs> oh man oh, bad. good times all right guys let's take a break and hear from our sponsors Man, Brandon fam, I got to say, with the time that I've spent using the Quixel and Megascans, I might be able to, like, I think I'm kind of on your level <laughs> as far as importing assets and using them. I can't create them as good as you, but this tool is definitely helping me make scenes that are looking almost as good as yours, man. I'm, I might not need environment artists on my next game. Well, don't say that too early because I still <laughs> need this job, Larry. I mean, I'm happy that you're helping me out. Uh, I feel like this tool has allowed creators just like ourselves to be more creative and less technical so uh we're talking about mega scans go check it out megascans.se photogrammetry 3d models as well as textures at checkout enter our code gdu that gives you the first three months 30 percent off yeah that's a great deal that is a hookup from your boys over at game dev on chain (laughs) help us help us help you help us help you and be sure to check out our friends over at 
80.lv 80.lv these guys are the best and number one resource for environment art blog or uh, follow us do this type of art or break this down type of thing mm-hmm. uh, 80.lv has helped me I checked it on the daily yeah. and they are number one resource for a lot of great artists out there and the other resource that you should definitely be checking out every day is the Game Dev Unchained Discord because we have our own Discord channel with the podcast with fans, friends, and we drop topics in there. Brandon and I go in there and talk a little trash every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's the best community to stay in touch with us because we keep it open while we're at work. Brandon more so than myself. I got to call myself out, but it's there. If you want to talk to me, ask Brandon to tap me on the shoulder and I'll <laughs> jump on in. To get access to that, it's on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're not following us on our social networks, we're talking about Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Start doing it now because we're doing a lot of live video stuff and that you're not getting through audio form. We're testing a lot of things out and we're doing that through our social channels. We're talking about video podcasts. Right? We're actually filming these now. You can see our face and our reaction and a lot of innuendos that doesn't come through in audio. And we're talking about recap every Friday. What's this recap that I keep hearing tell? Oh, man. Recap is the greatest. It's where we take one topic of significant importance and we really break it down in video format, similar to what we used to do back in the day. For those who followed us on Facebook, it might seem like a reminder to anybody new. Definitely check out our weekly news series called Recap. We're going to take a piece of news, break it down like it's a round table, but it's just Brandon and myself. Lots of jokes, lots of laughs, all serious and a great piece of content, if I do say so myself. Totally unbiased. Watch that and get that on any of our social network, 1030 Pacific Time, streaming live. All right, let's get back into this week's episode. Yeah, for free. So I kind of want to transition. You're kind of living in the future for a lot of game developers. You're working from home, which is a lot. I mean, is it as scary or as rewarding as you thought it would be? Oh, Jesus. Uh, it was actually, it, you're hitting all the right notes. Like you just have the ability, this uncanny ability to pull out memories out of my head that I hadn't thought existed. Like the student loan stuff that I had forgotten about. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's actually good because some of the stuff I've repressed and just totally forgot about. Um, it was frightening at first. Um, the To be dead honest, the concept of working from home, I was terribly frightened of it. When I got laid off, uh, I, I don't want to go into too much detail on that either. Uh, not because I can't, or not because I don't want to, but just really because I can't. Um, but when I got laid off, like I started thinking, I've got a safety net. I have another job. I'm glad I, I cultivated the relationships that I have and the people that I know and the work that I did. I'm glad I put the work into what I have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I worked my a lot, like for Quicksilver. I put in a lot of hours for them. Uh, even, you know, they, they pay me less than what I put in just because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it means enough to me to be part of this, to do that. Um, and when it came to the concept of working from home and not having a stable nine to five job anymore, I, for the first time in many years was actually, I was actually frightened. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. This is January. So like a couple of months before we met and I'm sitting here thinking like, I mean, I I don't know where where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. Do I need to sell my house? Do I I have to pull my kids out of school? Um, where's my health insurance going to come from? Because as we know, in this country, health insurance is not a right. It's a, a privilege. And, um, if you get sick when you don't have insurance, you're pretty much, that's a torpedo. You're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started thinking, it's like, well, 
what if I got onto the, the health insurance exchange, AKA Obamacare, uh, which I looked into and I'm like, I'm paying less to go on the subsidized plans through that working from home than I was paying my old office plan. So I'm making like pretty much more money now paying less and having a more stable home life in general than I was at a nine to five. And it was only because of that particular plan. I mean, opinions of it may vary. You may like it or dislike it, but having actually used it and the, the benefit it's made to me to give me the mobility to not be connected to a corporate job mm-hmm. where I'm in an office slaving away anymore. It's, it's like having the chains taken off of you, like, like the blindfold removed. Like you just see that your potential isn't limited to a, you, you don't have to work in an office. You can work anywhere. Right. You can do anything. I can, like when I come time to sell my house, I can live wherever I want now. I don't have to live within a certain, I can live in the middle of Kansas if I wanted to. I can go move to Canada. I can move anywhere. I mean, I've never had that freedom before. And I, I never understood what it was like to truly be free. Um, and it's for the first time in many years that the thought of down to anything. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how to really put it into words, but it's just happiness. That's what I felt like, just pure joy. It was like, I'm, I'm running my life. I'm the captain of my own ship. I'm going where I want to go. I'm doing what I want to do. And my family's there with me and we can, nothing's going to stop us. Uh, it, the, the, the transition to working from home has been probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And if you ever have the chance to do it, take the chance. Don't let anything stop you. This is, it's, you only have one life to live, right? Like make it count. You don't get any second chances. You don't get to do this over again. Once you're dead, you're gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you believe in the afterlife and if you don't, I believe personally, but I can't guarantee it's going to happen. So yeah. I, I live as best as I can with what I got. And I want to make sure my kids have what I didn't when I was growing up. I want them to have a stable life and I want them to have a mother and father who care about them and who can guide them. And I want them to have the very basics that I never had, the support structures that never existed for me, the, the little bit of income to actually be able to go out and do something they want to do, uh, not being stuck at home, like staring at a wall. So giving them that freedom that was given to me by essentially which is the strangest thing like most people will say i was laid off this is the worst day i've ever had in a long time after two days i was upset i came home and i drove home from the office after getting all the paperwork and stuff and i sat there and i just kind of stared and i'm like the first words out of my mouth were i'm free mm-hmm. it took me a bit to realize it but i have a job these guys care about me I care about what happens to them. They care about what happens to me. I've never been in that position. Normally, it's you go to work for a place and you're disposable, right? Any game artist will tell you that. You go to a place, you hope that they'll keep you after the, the project kind of finishes, but that's never going to happen. They're going to let you go because that's just how business works. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing against studios. That's just how it is. It's the, 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 the economics of it. You can't afford to pay people if you don't have the money to do it. Yeah. And that was the same thing with what happened to me. If there's no money to pay them, then they, they can't keep you. And, you know, I can't begrudge anyone for that. That's just how it functions. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I guess I'm just kind of talking into in circles here, but it's it's just one of those, like, life-changing events that I never realized that I could do it. And once I did it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And all of the fears that I had, it just, they disappeared. And all of the, the, the mental anguish I had gone through thinking, because this is what kept me from jumping and working for Quixel full-time, was wondering if my wife gets sick, if my daughter gets sick, if my son gets sick, if I get sick. Or toast. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to make enough money to be able to cover the millions of dollars in hospital bills that could possibly accrue from them going into a chronic illness. So, you know, once that happens, you're just, you just stay because you don't know any better. You don't know what you're going to be able to do. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I see it. I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that it turned out that it did because it could have, turned, could have turned out way worse, mm-hmm. but it didn't. And I'm so thankful for that, that it, that it, that the work that I did and the relationships that I cultivated and the people that I know and care for not only respect that, but care enough about me to support me and allow me to work with them. Uh, I, I don't ever want to be one of those people that says, well, I got here because of all the hard work I did. Nobody is an island unto themselves. Everyone has support from someone else. Even if you put the work in, someone else decided they wanted to help you out as well. Right. And I don't ever want to be that guy that says, oh, I'm, I'm the hot shot. I'm the best. No, I never will be the best. There's always going to be someone better than me. But that doesn't mean I can't try to be better than who I am now. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm rambling, you know, like I said, no, no, no. Me, but. <laughs> that's one thing about the person that's better than you, you know, they don't have the job, right? They're somewhere else and you do have the job. And so as long as you're fitting the job and you're working very hard and you get along with the team, you're kind yes. of you don't have to worry about that competition yet, per se. Uh one thing I do want to say, though, is like you touched on a lot of the reasons why we even started this podcast in the first place is just letting people know that they have value, you know, letting people know that they should believe in themselves and that there's opportunities outside of what your boss is dictating for your life. We want people to realize that they have control over their life, no matter the situation. You agree to take a job. It's supposed to be mutually beneficial. You know what I mean? Yes. Don't ever forget the value of yourself and what you bring to the table for that company and make sure that they don't ever forget that. So I'm really glad to hear what you said about why you went into business for yourself and why you're working the way that you've worked through your and who you do it for. You know, like a lot of yeah. what you say resounds with us. So perfect fit, man. Glad you're here. Definitely. I'm glad you have me. It's you know kind of a privilege and an honor to be with people that understand these things and, and want to help me spread the word. Yeah. I mean, I just had a conversation, you know, on the air, off the air. I hear this a lot of the times. Like I have a friend who will remain nameless. He's at a good job, great salary. He has a family as well, enjoys it. You know, Uh, he's finally out of that weird crunching loop. It's super stable, but there's still a part of him that feels like uh, that's missing. Right. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, he's not able to express himself. He's still very limited. Right, he's still servicing for the good of the company and not for what he wants to do. Right, there's always someone you answer to, but um, I think being at home helps a lot, especially for a family man uh, to realize the the different choices and possibilities. Because I feel like personally that when I'm at a job or other developers are on the job, it's a Big distraction, right? You're constantly given words. You constantly have to meet deadlines and very little time to yourself to really think about, you know, what, what are my next steps? Even those reviews, right? Where you're like, your manager asks you, you know, what's your next five years? They're asking us like, what are you going to do in the next five years at this company? Right? <laughs> Not what yeah. your dreams and, and goals are outside of this. Exactly. Uh, but the, the, I, I knew I was done at least with AAA, right? I was on a AAA route, like a very traditional AAA route, just climbing up the ladder, right? It was only recently when I started going mobile or looking at other choices, right? But I think I was at height of AAA when, you know, when I was in those review meetings, 
and they gave me the five year you know plan but it was mostly like kind of sniffing around to see you know who's threatening to leave and stuff but oh, yeah. uh, i didn't try to hide it i was like you know my five-year plan is not about this company <laughs> are we i'm probably not gonna see you in five years man this, yeah it's, so much can happen in five years right it's my most honest review i've ever had and i think it was at a point where i was done with it yeah it's almost offensive when you think about it that that your life should have to revolve around the company that you work for yeah unless you want it to i've made my life revolve around quixel because quixel treats me well quixel allows me to be me right i don't really have to hide who i am what i feel what i want to do what i want to what i want to believe in because my values align with the company Mm -hmm. i've never once sat there and thought i don't like these people i work with in fact i hate them Mm -hmm. i hate everything about this no i've never thought that i've never had that that epiphany before i've had that with other places i've been to but i've never had it with them and that again that's another form of i would say freedom where you you feel that you're with a company that's not just a company but to use the cliche it's like a family Mm -hmm. and I hate saying it's like a family, but in a way it really is because these are people I truly care about. I care that their birthday happened. I care that they went on vacation. I care about their vacation photos. I care about what happens to them and their families and their kids. And I care that the company does well and I do the work to the best of my ability so that our customers are happy, so that the people who deal with us are happy, so that they go off and say good things about us, so that other people come back to us because we want good relationships with everybody because we want people to come back to us. We want people to know that we're people that you can trust and depend on. And we only really succeed if guys like you succeed, if artists succeed, if companies succeed. We, we don't succeed unless you do, because you're not going to, if you're not making money, well, neither are we, right? So everything about what I do and, and who I am is revolving around trying to make people happy. That's that's been my number one, like besides introducing myself as that guy at Quixel, which is the easiest way to describe my job. Mm -hmm. um, I just say my job is to make people happy. And that's pretty much day in and day out. I wake up, I hop on my phone in bed, I check and make sure that, you know, nothing is going crazy. Everybody's happy (laughs) because if they're not happy, I have to step in immediately. I have to make sure that, I mean, I've had people yell at me. I've, 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 you know, they've been upset, understandably so because Mm -hmm something didn't work the way they wanted it to. Well, that that's just the nature of the beast. Nothing is perfect, right? I used to work at Radio Shack, if you remember them. Oh, man. Okay. I remember Radio Shack. Yes. I would have people who would come in to me, and they would say, uh, I need to return this, this cord, this phone. It doesn't work. And I'd say, sure, I can help you with that. You know, can I at least you know check it out, make sure that it's not broken or something? Let's see what's, what the problem is. Maybe I can fix it. I'm like, okay, sure. So I go and plug it into the wall power it on, attach it to the, the, the store's phone line. Mm-hmm. And I pulled out, I got a dial tone. Okay. And I hold it up to her and she's like, how'd you do that? And then I said, well, I plugged it in. She's like, well, I thought it was wireless. <laughs> I, I'm not even joking. Like that's, that's a literal conversation I had about 10 years ago. Uh, I, I wish it, I was joking because it would be a hell of a lot funnier than me, but I sat there with my mouth open. I just, I couldn't say another word to her because I, anything I would have said would have been really bad. And I just, like, I, I just processed the return, handed her her money, said, have a nice day. See you again next time. I mean, I've had it even worse. I've had people who walked in and this ties back to other stuff. Trust me. I've had somebody who walked into me 
or to my store and they handed me uh what was it uh it was a foreign travel adapter so like you know when you go to europe and you want to plug into a wall or something but it was the reverse it was for the u.s and she couldn't understand the concept of plugging a an outlet into a wall like she it just could not understand that this device goes into the wall mm-hmm. and i it took all of my willpower not to say, how do you exist in modern society without knowing what an outlet is? Like, does some, do you have like a Butler that does this for you? Like, how do you, how do you exist? Like, I don't understand. Did you come out of like, are you like Encino man or something? Encino man. <laughs> what hot tub time machine did you jump out of? Yeah. So, um, you know, like, but again, I've, I've in radio shack, I dealt with people like screaming and yelling in my face, demanding refunds and stuff. And so I'm used to people being belligerent and upset. And mm. the key to, the work that I do as community manager, as like a sales representative, as a guy that runs the the management product management of a uh, Quixel suite and some other stuff that I do at Quixel is to listen to what people say, even if they're upset, if somebody comes at me and just all caps swearing at me and calling me all sorts of names, I just look past what they say. And I, I go to what they're actually saying. Right. And they say, blah, blah, blah. I don't like you. Blah, 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 blah. But this is broken. I just focus on the problem where it says it's broken. I try to help yeah. them out and apologize because ultimately everybody's got a reason to be upset and it's, also kind of offensive to me to just dismiss someone's complaints even if they weren't being as diplomatic as they possibly could you can't always expect that out of everyone everyone's got their own standards of morality and honestly i'm i'm being paid to do a job and it's my job to do it as best as i possibly can um so unless someone is so unreasonable that i can't even possibly get through to them i'm going to do the best that i can for them and i've i've gotten into chats just like this with people just screaming at me like i'm not even joking screaming at the top of their lungs why doesn't this work F you, F this, F that. I shouldn't even say some of this stuff, but it's <laughs> like I just sat there and having been in retail and having been exposed to this, I just yeah. kind of sat there and I'm like, all right, I understand you're upset, you know, and that just makes me more mad because it's like, mm. but why aren't you yelling back at me? Like, well, I've heard all this before. I've already been screamed at. So let's fix your problem and then we can make you happy again. And I fix it and they apologize and we move on. I'm, I don't want to say that I'm dead to the world. It's just, I'm just so used to having been yelled at. And again, having grown up in kind of an abusive household. Um, you just you get used to it, and it's, shit, man. Yeah, but it, uh, it helps me do what I do, and I can't complain about that part. So I guess it maybe taught me some essential life skills to just tune out some of this stuff. Yeah. So if you want to learn about conflict management, just do one Black Friday at Best Buy. I swear, <laughs> you just you just survive one of those. You're, oh, you'll know so much about dealing with people who just don't get it and are yelling. <laughs> I worked I worked at Black Friday, uh, two thousand nine. I went to the store at four in the morning because we opened up at five mm. and I didn't get home until 10 o'clock at night. Mm. I worked, I think it was like a 14 hour shift. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. Yeah. I, I had the flu too on top of that. And because you know how we are with like retail jobs and, and food prep jobs for some reason, they don't allow you to take, take off when you're sick. So I had to go show up to work. It's uh. like I'm sitting here coughing and hacking and helping people out. And I'm sure I spread the flu to a ton of people. Mm-hmm. But it was either that or, or, you know, be unemployed. And I'm going to choose money if I have any choice. So Jesus, man. Yeah. This sucks. One of the things <laughs> I definitely need practice on. I've always had a problem with authority. If you don't talk to me as an equal in any position, I, I have a hard time listening. Oh, yeah. I can understand that. And it's it can be as silly as, you know, I, I started like a... <laughs> Like I don't know if I ever told you this story, Larry. I, yeah, you know this story. Like it was during the PS2 days, or it was PS3. 
The PS3. Uh, I, I know this story. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories. When it was coming out, oh, there was there were two types of buyers: the one that really wanted it, and the one who were trying to resell it on eBay. Right? <laughs> I was on the second part. I wanted to resell it, but everybody had the idea. So I, I was driving around with friends, partially just having fun, but partially wanting to get one uh, to resell it. And we finally came across the uh, South Coast Mall, and it was the only one with a line. And I, you know, we went by and uh, parked our car. We walked by them, and it was a line about twenty people, right? And I went to the front of the line. I asked the guys, like, "What's this line about?" He's like, "Oh, it's for the PS3." He had a clipboard and everything. He's like, "Yeah, it's we're super, we're unofficial, but we're super, uh, super organized, right? What we're gonna do here is we're gonna write everyone's name on this list, and we're gonna present this list to the Sony store, and they're gonna let us in because we're 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 we got we're on top of things, right?" I was like, oh, okay. How many how many PS3s do they have? It's like, oh, they have like 20. It's like, how many people you have in line? It's like 24, but you can be number 25. It's like, why would I stand in line when I'm number 25 knowing that I won't get this? And it was like <laughs> 20 hours away from opening. It's like, why would I stand in line for 20 hours? And I was like, well, you know, this is what we're doing. And I, it's totally going to work. If someone leaves, you know, you're guaranteed that 20th spot, right? I was like, this is stupid. Like, who are you? <laughs> right? So I immediately went across from him. I started standing across from this guy. And he's looking at me. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, this is my my line for the PS3. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm number one. Staring this guy in the face. Oh, it was such a dick move. But I felt, I didn't like the way he was like talking to me as if, you know, you know, this was a, a real thing and this is, you know, I'm the king of this line because I made it. It's like, dude, you're just me like two hours ago, right? I can do the same thing. So I formed <laughs> my own line. It got so out of hand. It started out with 20 people by the 20th, by, I would say, let's say 18 hours gone by, 500 people to 1,000 people showed up just in front of that mall. And it was wow. because we, you know, everyone walked by me and they saw these two lines like facing each other. And of course, they're curious. They asked like, hey, what's up with this? It's like, hey, that's the unofficial line. This is the line for everybody because I'm doing this for everyone, right? <laughs> <laughs> everyone gets a chance. Wow. And that just, everybody, oh my God, it was so funny, man. People were showing up with track suits. People were smart enough with roller, rollerblades, skateboards, bicycle. The funniest part was when it was like, uh, countdown to like 30 minutes right everyone was lined up i don't know why they let it this out of hand because it was sure armageddon right all these people lined up someone's gonna get hurt but the police and everybody the store manager to let it happen and as everybody was lining up for the the stroke of midnight or whatever this the guy who formed the 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 original line left all pissed off looking at me right (laughs) you know rightfully angry and then right when it was starting, I see him coming back with a bike. <laughs> he came back with his bike and he was like getting ready to go. And it was it was like a scene from Call of Duty, man. As soon as we were ready to go, <laughs> because at the same time, there was cars. It was by the freeway. Cars were circling out and in. And they were, it was insane, right? Not going into the lot because it would have been trespassing. Right. As as the, as we got the go, like we everyone started running, right? And it became a game, man. I was running, and the guy in front of me, he was in a rollerblade. He completely ate it, right? <laughs> he flipped, and he like his face smashed on the floor. And I, wow. I had to hurdle over him. 
Oh man. I heard it. I was like, oh my God, I hope that guy's all right. I kept on running my fastest and the cars that was like kind of circling the, the, the mall finally went in and like in front of us, like two cars collided, right? A car accident right then and there. And like people just jump over the car like, like, <laughs> like what's that show? You know, you know, you just rode over the car. Yeah. Oh, and then, oh, no, yeah. like where they slide over the hood. Slide over the hood. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh the hell was that? Yeah, Deuce Deuce hazard. Hazard. Yeah, just yeah. slide over the hood. And then as we were approaching the buildings, right, people were popping out of the bushes. They snuck in and just hid in the bushes. And like, <laughs> like a zombie movie, they were climbing because the 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 entryway was on the fourth level of the parking lot. People were climbing from the outside like zombies, dude. Just all this for a PlayStation. All this for the PlayStation. This is PS2, man. This is the PS2. I I think it was the PS2, actually. PS2, yeah. But it was, it was, I mean, I I would say 80% was there just for the sport of like (laughs) rushing and trying to get there first because it was kind of fun, like seeing this huge crowd and police weren't stopping it. It was like, all right, let's see who gets there first. You forgot to call it a blood sport. Yeah, it was, it was insane, man. We finally (laughs) got to the fourth level, you know, long story short, sort of. I didn't get one. And they randomly oh. had to pick people because it was just so crazy, man. Like the store yeah. manager was yelling at people. People were like pushing each other. It was my funnest night because I started <laughs> a, a useless mini revolution just because I, I I was a dick. I was a dick to this guy. <laughs> he, was, he was number one. I, I I mean, but he folded in with the bike rolling back. But it was my most memorable time. Before I got into the industry, I was like, all right, this is something that I need to definitely be in control of. But it's it's always a it, it rooted down to, you know, I've always had a problem with, I don't know, limitations and rules, right? Just to tie it back. Like when you're working in the industry or any industry, actually, a nine to five job, you're kind of used to this idea of this is the way you should go, right? Yeah. And only in a weird way, either you get forced where that pattern stops, like a layoff, you get fired or whatever, right? where you start seeing other options. Because the whole time you're hanging around with people with like-minded solutions, this 65 uh, retirement plan, right? Everyone's buying into it. Yeah. Very rarely when you're working at a job where people are like, hey, man, the grass is a lot greener on the other side you can work from home in our creative industry or you can work for yourself. You can do other things to generate income and be with your family because that's, that's, I I feel like the first, I would say three quarters of my career has always been, you know, I have to go to work to support the family, but you yeah, know, the trade-off would be, I won't be around family as much, which is a weird thing, right? You're there for the family, but you're not there physically with the family. Yeah, it's it's kind of in a way it's like subverting gender norms too. Um, you know, in the society that we live in now, it's it's very <sighs> feminism is more of a an in vogue thing to talk about. And I would call myself a proud feminist. I think men and, and women deserve equality and should be equal. There's no reason why otherwise I, that I could agree with. And one thing that always kind of struck me was men are by definition in society almost always the breadwinner. And that's still the case now, but you know, I'm, I make most of the money in this house, but that's just the way it is. I went to, I went to college, I finished college. Um, I 
you know, had the jobs and all the stuff that make the money in the house. If my wife had done the same thing, I would have been the stay at home you know, dad. But now I am the stay at home dad, yet I'm also making the money, which is kind of a weird position to be in <laughs> because most men don't have what I have. They don't get to work from home. They don't get to spend time with their kids. And again, I, when I said I couldn't fawn about Teddy enough, um, I remember we were talking at GDC and probably one of the best things I'd ever heard come out of his mouth was he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, I think that anybody that works for me should be able to work from home if they have a family. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's huge. I mean, to hear a multi-million dollar company CEO tell me that straight to my face. I mean, it's, it's a huge paradigm shift. You don't really hear that. Most people will say, you need to be here. We need you here in this office because mm-hmm. reasons, because reasons, they're not always good reasons, but they're, they're reasons. And regardless of whether or not you could be productive there or at home, you also have to deal with endless meetings and, and other things that are also considered a reason to be there. If you don't come to work and you don't show up, we're going to write you up because you weren't there for the, the mandatory meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know how prevalent it was with you guys with the, the meetings that you may have had, but I know some of the experience I've had in, in uh, professional work, meetings can be just one of the worst things that you have to deal with where you, you, um, you're just nonstop worrying about that next meeting. Like you can't even just get into the office and work because then the second you get in, you're like the first half hour getting up to it. You can't get anything done because you're thinking about the meeting. Then you spend however much time in the meeting, you get out of the meeting and your productivity is dead after that too. I I don't really get that at home because I can just focus on the work. I I log in, I check uh, customer support tickets. I check Facebook. I check uh, Reddit. I check. (laughs) It's a long list. Polycount, multiple forums on Polycount, not just like the Quixel Suite forum, but other places as well. Um, Facebook being a huge one. We have like 17,000 users in the uh, the Quixel art community, formerly known as the Quixel Tools group. And people are there just constantly sharing work and, you know, art and all sorts of other stuff. And, uh, Discord, Slack, Skype, uh, Polycount Skype I'm into, and I try to help people there as well whenever necessary. Um, I'm everywhere. Uh, in some ways, I'm pretty much the face of the company because uh, I'm one of the most active people. People who think of Quixel often, you know, not to toot my own home, but they often think of me because I'm usually the guy that engages with people. Mm-hmm. That's my job. I'm the community manager, so that guy. And I say that guy because at GDC, you're like, oh, you're that guy. <laughs> that that happened so many times at that point i just went to linkedin and just fucking changed my profile to that guy at quixel and it just it was easier that way because everybody knew who i was then it's like yeah. and if they ever said that guy i could say you're right my job title is that guy yeah um but yeah it's um yeah i'm talking in circles again so yeah sorry sorry i think this is actually a great opportunity to segue into the very last segment which is where brandon and i go refill our coffee mugs because we've been podcasting for over an hour and much like i promised yeah for all the guests who jump into the podcast we will sit back and be quiet and we will let you talk directly to our audience to shout out to promote awareness or to raise awareness to promote something or just tell the world about something that you are involved in, something you think needs to have a little more attention. So without further ado, sir, the floor is yours. Well, um, I don't know how long I could talk, but I'll, I'll make it brief. If you guys haven't checked out the, the work we're doing for a night dive system shock, you really should. It's basically a collaboration between NDS and, and Quixel at this point. I'm kind of like the uh, liaison between the two. 
And it's kind of being a, what I would call a test bed for mega scans or, or pretty much our, what would you call it, uh, flagship texturing service. If you haven't seen mega scans either, you're in for a treat. Uh, Megascans.se, uh, check that out. But um, we're going to be using the uh, mega scan service in System Shock, uh, primarily for uh, you know metals and some other assets, but also for the uh, environmental groves. Um, as you guys may already know, the uh, Megascan service is huge on on plants. We have something along the lines of like 2,000 individual plants, tons of like uh, 3D plants as well. Um, and the game is heavily stylized, so it's going to be a, a great example of how you can make stylized art work with scan data. And uh, one of the, the major features of the game that makes it stylized is the complete lack of texture filtering. Like everything in, in System Shock is pretty much you're looking through... Uh, a character we call him the hacker essentially he, he breaks into a mega corporation's uh, info vault or whatever you want to call it he gets arrested he goes to this uh, space station that he was trying to find info about he gets offered a job to hack into the the company or the the station's ai if he doesn't do it he stays in jail so he just does it anyway because he doesn't really have a choice and in exchange the guy that offers him a job gives him a chance to you know have a an implant installed into his head and the implant is essentially what you see through and my personal view on it is that the implant is what causes everything to be pixelated looking, which makes it look like super cool because you get that retro vibe. Like if you played the first game, it looks very much like that, but it's like pixel art in HD and making all these art assets for it and stuff. And then just having the test bed with mega scans and showing off how the plants and stuff look like it is so cool. I like they're, they're, they're low res. Like you're looking at maybe 512, um, pixels for like a, a huge 3d plant but it works so well because everything has like a consistent uh text density of like 256 pixels a meter mm-hmm. so you get up close to some of this stuff and you can see the pixels but it never looks antiquated it's like pixel art with pbr right and mm-hmm. when you see it it's going to blow your mind everybody i've shown it to is like holy shit how did you why why would you do that it looks so cool i never thought of that mm-hmm. and it basically defines the look of the game it gives it so much of like a cyberpunk feel which is what the game the genre is cyberpunk but it pushes it it takes the original art and pushes it in so many awesome directions with rob behind it you know the genius behind bioshock and the first system shock game it's incredible you guys have to play this game when it comes out we are busting our asses to make it happen um every day that i'm not you know helping customers or every every minute that i'm not helping them i'm back on making art assets actually as i'm talking right now i've got max open with a um, Mm. uh, art asset i'm building currently which will be shown off probably at the next stream i'm doing in two days i'm 28th so um if you ever want to check out the streams that we do uh, especially the one i'm doing uh, which will be this thursday at yeah it would be thursday isn't it because now it's tuesday here in the in the east coast um the uh youtube.com slash nightdive studios i believe and or if it's not that it's also twitch.tv slash nightdive studios um that is a great company full of great people uh, the the ceo steve is very much like teddy in a lot of ways um so it's it's quite a unique place to work and it's also a work from home as well so everybody's you know giving it their all from their own house which it's all completely like i said decentralized so it's like really cool to see how we're like you said, at the forefront, like a lot of artists are still in the studio and they're not at home. They're not like, they're not game dev unchained, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <Sweet. laughs> Just popped in my head. Thank Forgive you. me. <laughs> I have to use this.
Well, gentlemen, a tag run like that is something I like. I'm Larry Charles, and I'm saying good night. Brandon Fan, I'll see you guys next week. Cheers, guys. I said, uh, talk to you. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.